Hello and welcome to It's Not Polite to Ask. I'm your host, Albert Destrade, alongside my faithful interim co-host, Mr. Brandon Shaw. And today we have a special guest on the podcast. This is an exciting day for us, for our listeners who've heard me struggle through a lot of dating mishaps and might have your own dating scenarios and questions. Boy, do I have a treat for you guys. Today in the show, we have Jared Syke Lawrence. He's an international motivational speaker, CEO of Modern Flirting, author of How to Meet Your Dream Girl Tonight and The Psychology of Modern Flirting. This guy's got seven years of formal psychological training under his belt. He's appeared on MTV's Made, Oxygen's Bad Girls Club, A&E's documentary Born This Way, ABC's Nightline, Yahoo Finance, CBS Local News, The Great Love Debate. I mean, this guy is going to be a treat and we are excited. Jared, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you for that amazing introduction, Albert. You were in one of those, by the way, if you recall. I was in. I was. Jared and I actually appeared together on an episode of MTV's Made. For our younger viewers, you might not remember that program, but it was a fantastic show in the early 2000s where uh, usually teenagers would be taught a new skill or accomplish some kind of goal. And Jared, remember our episode? It was pretty fun, dude. Oh, my God. It was amazing. That kid actually got his first kiss uh, with one of the girls that we found to come to the party that I threw for him. And it was it was insane. It was cool to like, get him that experience, like lie right there on TV. And he, I think he actually went back to Georgia with his girl, and he got it. He got the girlfriend. So major success. Do you think if they did a reboot, Al, you'd uh, apply to be on Made into somebody that can use modern technology? I think that that if there was just a, we could do a full series of me being made into all sorts of things that a normal human being should be able to do, but I clearly have no skills at. But Jarrett. You know, I got to tell you, man, we've been, uh, you know, you're our first guest to have on the show. We've discussed a lot of dating topics. I'm, I'm sure you've heard some of the previous stories. So today we're going to we're going to pick your brain a little bit, Jared. Today we're going to get some of the nuggets of information that come out of, um, you know, what you've been doing recently with modern flirting. Now, I will say something Brandon and I have been discussing a lot recently. We talked a little bit about Instagram and dating apps and things of that nature how do you think the dating landscape, Jared, has changed in the last couple of years with the just the advent of technology? So here's the thing. I don't think I know exactly how it's changed. Everything has dropped down on how people have met each other since 2009. So if you go on my Facebook, there's actually a graph there showing a study from 2009 to now and from meeting people through friends, doing cold approach, meeting in bars, uh, being hooked up, whatever. It has all gone on the decline except bum, da, da, online dating. The apps have been raising my storm. We are getting more and more into a digital age and people who are not jumping on that bandwagon, uh, they're, just, they're, they're really missing out. In fact, I might even share with you what I think the next trend is that no one's talking about and it's not even being seen in the media so I'll, I'll drop that for you in a little bit because i truly believe it's the next wave and you know i was right about tinder when tinder first came out you're an early adapter for sure to the the dating apps and i'm excited uh to to hear more about this because i think now they're i think jared they're more popular than ever but Brand okay but seriously though I, I know you guys are bringing up tinder can we officially call tinder dead i mean tinder cannot be one of the prevailing uh dating apps tinder's right dead brand what do you mean Dude, back in the day, I remember Tinder was like the first big one to come out, and now it's like just for the the broken and the 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 mishap or excuse me the misfits. Like if you had to put it into like restaurant terminology, Tinder's like Golden Corral. 
Tinder, it has like all you can eat for the cheapest price, but it's just absolute dog shit. Bumble it's is Spirit like, Airlines. You oh, tell yeah, me it's, it's Spirit. It's Spirit Airlines. Okay. It's just like unless you are just in an emergency. I don't even have that on my phone, and I haven't had that on my phone in years. And then I guess Bumble would be like Five Guys, where it's like you can get a decent meal, you'll feel all right after. And Hinge is like, okay, sit down restaurant, we can have a conversation and like a glass of wine. I a hundred percent agree. I would rank Hinge number one, Bumble number two, Tinder number three. But unlike what you're saying about Golden Crow, I look at Tinder as Taco Bell, and sometimes I'm drunk and I wanted some. I don't want to stay. I just want some dirty garbage Taco Bell. And Tinder does it. I just had a Tinder girl over uh, this weekend, a couple days ago. Like, and you just wake up in the morning feeling like greasy and depressed and oh, just yeah. like a- alone, even though there's something right there. I'm you're not- lo- you're looking at the wrapper, like the <laughs> condom, and it's just like, what the hell did I do last night? I'm not saying there's not total regret afterward. I'm just saying in the moment, Tinder has it. So look, if you're listening to this and you want to ho- just plain straight up hookups, Tinder's your best bet. But you also get a lot of bots. You get a lot of these sex workers. You get a lot of that kind of stuff. I Ultimately, though, uh, with Brandon said, I absolutely agree Hinge is the best way to go. The best, best, absolute results come from Hinge. Notice none of us are even talking about things like Match.com or anything like that. I think that stuff is pretty much dead. Yeah, the the the, the landscape's evolved a ton, and it's funny when you say it's it's full of regret and you feel like you ate shitty fast food when you go on Tinder. But why is that? How how come these different archetypes or these different type of people go to these different sites? Like, what what is it? Why are these type of connections or people on tinder and those other types on bumble like how does everyone know like yo this is my lane it's not like the prices are different it's it's two reasons that i've broken this down to reason number one is the platform itself tinder doesn't have filters you can say dirty derogatory you can literally text a girl straight up and be like i want to fuck you let's hook up tonight and all tinder will do is send you a little warning like are you sure you want to say that (laughs) just watch type into tinder and be like hey you want to hook up it's like uh, are you sure? You're like, yes, Tinder. I'm sure. It's like, okay, man. He's like the worst wingman ever. Hinge under their. So chance. they're reading. So I'm sorry, Jared. They're reading your oh, transcripts yeah. of your interaction. Well, they have bots that will rec- they'll recognize certain keywords. Interesting. Hinge will ban your ass. Hinge will stop that shit. Hinge is is positioning its branding as the app that's meant to be deleted. It wants to create relationships. So right off the bat, what's allowed on the platform? The prompts on Hinge. That was a game changer. Unlike Bumble, women actually don't even like Bumble that much because they have to message first. And I do have the perfect response for Bumble. It's all I use at this point. It wasn't even developed by me. It was developed by students. So I'll drop that a little bit later. But Hinge gives you the prompts that allows you to have something to talk about and actually make real connections. Tinder saw this and they're like, oh, shit, we got to be Johnny come lately on a bandwagon. And now they're making it their platinum feature. Which, you know, okay, Tinder, good, but it's too late. You're already known now as the app with all the fake accounts and bullshit. Yeah, the, the Tinder Platinum app or the Tinder Platinum feature has to be like Taco Bell trying to do healthy food. It, that's a, yeah, bingo. That's exactly what it is. It, it's McDonald's adding a salad to the menu. Like it's, it's too late. Good for, no them one... for, good for them for trying to. Like they're like, oh, you've been selling dollar hamburgers and killing people for long enough. Let's try to give them a salad. Yeah, at that point, like I haven't had Tinder on my phone in many, many years. So I wasn't even aware of the uh, the monitoring system, or maybe I'm just not sending uh, raunchy enough messages on Tinder, but that's uh, pretty ridiculous. Jared, what do you think about that? You mentioned something here. There's a lot to unpack, guys, but I, what do you really think when an app like Hinge says something like the app that's meant to be deleted? Do you think that's true? Because do you think they really want and genuinely want people to meet and succeed 
in a relationship on that app more than the other ones? No. Or, or do you think that's just their marketing strategy? That's 100% a marketing strategy. They No business is like, we're the business meant to be left. <laughs> like No business is like, we want you to never be our customers again. What they're doing, though, is a very, very smart branding by taking – because when Hinge got into the game, all there was was Tinder and Bumble, and these were very much understood as a hookup culture, a hookup app. So Hinge capitalizes on this and goes relationship angle, says we are the app meant to be deleted. Guess who that attracts? That attracts the women saying, yeah, I want a relationship. Hinge is the way to do it. Awesome. And guess what women attract? The men. Right. So it was really good. As an entrepreneur, I love everything about Hinge. I think it's done very well. I, I do want to do a poll, though, on how many people are actually deleting this app because they're getting into relationships and how many people are just deleting it out of frustration. Right, because they, they, they can't get the right dates. They can't get, you know, their, their expectations are up here, but their, their success is down here. Well, that's um, why I have a job. That's, and that's why people <laughs> like Jared are employed exactly through modern flirting. I will tell you something I've noticed about Hinge, Jared, because I'm with you too, guys. I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a curmudgeon. I don't like dating apps. I'm still slow to the game to even try them. But thanks to your pushing, Jared, and thanks Brandon pushing me as well. <laughs> I've, tried, I've tried them a little bit more. And I will say Hinge is probably the best one. But I think here's the thing about Hinge. For our listeners out there who've tried Hinge, Hinge to me has one thing that makes it different. It's the standouts, which is they show you like a daily collection of what I think are more highly desirable options. And you have to use what they call rows, right? Which is like you pay like, I don't know, two bucks or something for a rose. And then I feel like the standouts are a really nice selection of options. And then whenever you do the regular swiping, it's just, you might as well be on Tinder. It's the hinge version of bottle service. It's, would you like to play, pay more to get into this area where there's more attractive and better candidates? Nope, you're just not doing the algorithm right. I'm sorry to say. Wait, we're not doing the algorithm right. You're, if, if you're seeing garbage, it's because Hinge has classified your profile as garbage. It's so literally wait, okay. a, it's a tier system. So this is, this is now we're opening up an interesting can of worms here. What, how are they determining this algorithm and who you see? or like Walk us through that, Jared. What, yeah, what that, can we do that to avoid, obviously, having our uh, profiles be garbage? So the way it works, even since Tinder, all the nobody. I'm going to go on record right now and to say this very clearly: nobody understands 100 percent how these algorithms work. I don't even think the CEO of Hinder Tinder knows because what they're doing is tracking multiple, multiple factors. The biggest factor, the most obvious one, if you want to see more attractive women, more desirable women. That's that uh, that the hinge has said is or desirable. partners, right, for women as well. Partner, yeah, you know, women, partners. Yeah, it goes both ways. Uh, is matches how many people not even matches how many people are liking your profile and so so you, number one how many girls are liking your profile and trying to match with you number two where are they ranking are desirable women trying to match your profile or is it undesirable women desirable women raise raises what's called your uh ELS score or EOS, EOS ELS I forget the exact um you know, abbreviation there, but you have your score, your rank. So they can see behind the scenes. Albert is a 619. This girl is an 824. The 824, like the 619, congratulations, you're a 644 now. Like, that's how the algorithm this basically is fucking, works. This is some Terminator 2 shit right here, man. This it, is... it goes beyond that. Now it goes into, are you a paying customer? How often do you do boosts? Because guess what? The app wants you on the fucking app and spending money. So if they seeing that you are engaging, you're doing boosts and you're doing that stuff, they're going to raise your score to get you da, 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 better matches. 
On top of that, what's your time of use? How often are you using it? When are you using it? But the, the number one thing that we always understand is you have your desirability score. And when you match with other people who have a high desirability score, it brings you up. So Equifax and TransUnion are no longer my most important scores. <laughs> no, you, you got to get rid of that credit score. This is this, the real this credit is the real. score yeah, that matters. Yeah, this is what matters. And it's interesting, Jared, because you said it, nobody knows exactly what it is. And I've always wondered whether it's if people like you or swipe whatever the positive direction is, does that matter? Or is it if you actually make a match? Because I'll be honest with you guys. I'll, I'll, I'll make a confession. There's been times when I've, I've accepted matches with people that I wasn't that into because I was like, maybe I need to boost that credit score a little bit, just a little bit. And I that, feel bad, and I feel bad taking advantage of people for that point, but I feel like that that's important. You ready for a mind fuck? Yes, always. You liking the girls might lower your score. Really? If you match with a less desirable, that's, so that's interesting. So there are apps that guys have used to beat the system where it just auto swipes right continuously for you, and that is dist- and guess what? These apps caught on. So what they realize are guys who are desperate and thirsty and trying to match with every single girl, guess aren't the real most desirable. So that's like me accepting a shady credit card offer. Basically. Yeah, I mean, you're getting it. All right. I don't, you understand a lot about credit cards. Just apply your credit knowledge to this and women will love your financial ability. Women on Hinge, it's over. Now that I know that it's similar to credit score, <laughs> it's over. He's a, he's a whopping 840 and he's coming at you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, and you know what? But Jerry, I think that makes sense because it should be like that. I've always thought that, you know, in my, my limited dating app, my limited dating app experience, I'm kind of a more conservative swiper. I don't generally swipe yes to everyone. That's I good. read the freaking profiles. I try to <laughs> find who I like. I actually have a bad habit of falling in love with girls I haven't met on apps. I'm just like, I see their profile and I'm like, this is the one. This you is going to be it. This might sound cocky at this point because I've cracked the, the, the metrics on it. But on Hinge, I very, very, very rarely will actually swipe through girls and try to match them. I'm only looking at the ones who match me. I'm li- at this point, I'm literally only finding the girls who want me, and Hinge recognizes that, and it goes, this guy's not even looking or matching with randoms. He's only matching ones who've already shown interest in me, and it just keeps giving me better. All those girls that you're seeing on the highlights, that's my regular. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I don't even really, at this point with Hinge, don't even use the regular general population, if you will. I look at the standouts. I, maybe I pick a standout here or there. Send them a rose, and that's it. But my, my options are very, very small. That's another problem, though, and here's why. <laughs> I, nice. I, I hate busting the bubbles on it. but So these girls who are on standouts, they're ranked as high desirable, which means Hinge is only going to show them as standouts to guys who aren't seen as desirable or guys at their score level. So when they get roses, they are only getting roses from undesirable guys. And now we have classical conditioning coming into play. So what that's teaching them is all these guys sending roses is like a desperate act. It's them trying to you know meet up with them. The guys who don't send them roses, guess what that tells them? They weren't on a standout. Wow. And now they are conditioning and associating the guys who don't send roses as attractive guys because the only guys who are matching with them and not sending them roses are attractive guys. And uh, that that's an interesting take because I always thought that other than the standouts, the only other thing there that I thought was really cool, Jarrett, was the most compatible. When they say so-and-so is your most compatible. That I like, yeah. You like you think that's more properly suited matches? Yeah, no, that is that is like Hinge, more than anyone else, really does know how to um, zero in 
on your preferences from politics to religion to looks to personality. Yeah, so like what kind of girls have you been swiping in the past that exactly. that might line up with this person, right? Well, and match. It goes by matching. It goes by I compatibility means it goes both ways. That's a really cool one. No, I've noticed that as well. It does seem to show you like, in my case, more like active, fit, people that like to exercise type of humans with, uh, I, I don't know how to describe this, uh, fitter bodies, more, more attractive people. Right. And, and that's to me now that's when the dating app is working really well is when they're actually going beyond this girl got a thousand likes and this guy has whatever liked. It's more like, okay, this guy has this specific genre or specific interest that's important to you. Well, another good thing, like you, you mentioned, you're like, when I'm on hinge, I'm actually reading through profiles. And I think that's what it was designed for. I know a lot of female friends, uh, kind of echoed what Jared's saying. They're going through who already matched with them and they're weeding out any guys that have just liked them and they're only going after the guys that have like left some type of like smart, funny comment and put in a little bit of effort to like read their profile. And so it's weeding out that just swipe, swipe, swipe mentality, which is great. Right. The swipe, swipe, swipe gets so monotonous and it gets so boring and it's, it's, you know, it's, it sucks. Um, you know, Jared, you alluded to this earlier. So, and I'm, I don't want to leave our listeners in suspense for much longer, so you got to give it to us, buddy. You said you had arguably the perfect Bumble response. What is it? What's the perfect Bumble response? All right, response? so I, you guys can't see this, obviously. I'm going to show it to Albert right here that this is not just a made-up thing. This goes on. This, We're getting this actual screenshots here, guys. We're getting real. While. Wow, this is a lot this of content. a full conversation, whatever. This is a girl, Karen. Now, again, I, I do want to give credit where credit is due. This did not come from me. I did not create this. Actually, one of my students created it, which I love more than anything. I love when... The guys that I'm teaching actually develop and come up with their own stuff. But anyways, so what is the number one? I'm going to ask you guys before I show this. What is the number one opening line that the women are sending to you on Bumble? It's some version of hi, hey, or a wave emojis. One, one of those is the most common. Yeah, we, uh, we actually, for our listeners who've been with the podcast for a while, we actually did a breakdown of the difference between the South Florida answers that we receive here, which are all the hi, hey, hello and other states, like we did uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, we actually did out of the country. But here in South Florida, Jared, it's a lot of short, closed-ended answers. Yep. What, do you, what do you got for us? So this girl is extra creative. She went with, hello, Jared. That was her opener. So I've been struggling with this because basically they're just like, just I know I have to text first, but you take the lead immediately. However, I am all of anyone who understands my teachings, my methodologies, knows I'm all about investment. I want these girls to invest. I don't want to reinforce bad investment, them not putting an effort, and that starts right from the beginning. So when so we you're looking, that, you're looking for emotional investment, right? You need any, looking for mental investment, physical investment, effort investment, social investment, mental investment, uh, monetary investment, anything, anything. So with this, uh, it's a playful way of punishing the bad behavior while giving them a a means to put more effort into the interaction. And you'll see immediately what she does here. So she goes, hello, Jared. And then I write, hello, Karen. And I pause for a bit. I'll pause it for about three minutes or so, okay? Because what I'm just doing is mirroring her message. Then I will go and guys, do not make your own variation. Do this verbatim. I cannot stress this enough because some guys try to get clever and it just ruins the whole thing. I go, see how boring that is? Crying, laughing emoji. That's why we never start with just a hello, wink face. Wow, you go right into a playful Read rapport it. break. Read it. Right into it. Yeah. This is, guys, I am, <laughs> I, am, I am corroborating this story. 
It's pretty great that her name happens to be Karen because I thought that was your way of breaking rapport. Wow. And this is, guys, I'm going to read this right off of the, the actual message. See how boring that is? That's why we never start with just a hello. And she says, The emojis, oh, are, hold on, the emojis are also very important. That's the emojis are important. Okay. We will, we will if, if we, you know what? For, just for our listeners here, if Jared gives us permission, we might release this screenshot on our Instagram page for It's Not Polite to Ask podcast. But, dude, she just responds with, okay, I like you. I'm so rusty in the game. First time being app in years. Oh, my God. She's qualifying herself. She is now like, I am sorry. She's apologizing. AKA investment. Well, it's great, too, because you're avoiding basically the first, like, six-sided uh, or six messages from each side of, hey, hi there. How are you? Good. How about you? Which is just terrible. It's just absolutely like a, a boring uh, template that you get stuck with on these apps. The only girls, for my more advanced listeners on the podcast, the only girls that will not respond well to that are the clearly value girls, the ones who have like Gucci products all over their their photos. Don't use that for, for them. Uh, that's pretty, everyone else has been pretty, pretty responsive. Why, do you, why do you think that that demographic, the quote unquote fashionista, like very into themselves, you they know, don't uh, take, they don't take well to uh report break that early on. Uh, it's, they've kind of got like an ego going right now and they don't respond well to playfulness. They need, they, those kind of girls respond more to intrigue based attraction, not playful. So are these common tips and like, uh, are you sharing these screenshots in your program and giving these guys different tips for these situations? Here's what we go over with my guys in the program, the Holy Trinity. Okay. This is all it comes down to with online dating pictures, bio messages in that order. Yet, even though I say it to my blue in the face, every single person just comes to me with questions of my Texan, my messages, look at my messages. And I'm like, but you're picks are the most important and you haven't optimized it yet so everyone's obsessed with the least important factor in fact the last one i just showed i'm going to show you another screenshot uh coming right up that shows you how little texting matters when done right right because it's like a billboard if it's an ugly billboard nobody's going to read what it has to say anyway they're going to just move on as we're speaking here i'm being passed another uh direct interaction this looks like it's from hinge right yep and let's read my amazing texting in this Let's go with this. So she sent you a rose and you invited her to chat and you said, got to say, you definitely got me over here feeling like the bachelor. Okay. She responded with a smiling emoji and and said, does that mean we get to skip right to the one-on-one? Nice. I like her. She accepted your playful report and you said, shoot me your number and find out. And she just sent you her number. Now, good. Everyone is not going to be that short. That's obviously an example of a much more quicker interaction. Uh, something you have to calibrate to each girl you're meeting, uh, because she sent me the rose because I was looking at a profile. I knew I could go that quick, but I just want to reiterate the importance of the profile. Right. Cause you knew that because she sent you the rose, there was already a physical connection there. You could kind of skip through some of the bullshit and get into a little bit of get to know you type of talk as yeah. well as other factors. But that was the main one. Yes. We got a lot of good stuff so far, guys. I'm excited, we, but we got a lot to get to here. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you Jared one more thing that you alluded to earlier because again I'm sure the listeners would love to hear this and you mentioned earlier there was a new trend that people aren't on top of yet that you might be early on it's not a trend it's a it's going to be the next it's okay, okay it's going to be a trend you're yes. predicting this is going to be something that is going to be very prevalent in dating give us give us an this insight this is bitcoin in 2011 Bitcoin this, in 2011. All right, so like, one of these is going to be worth $64,000 today. Basically, yes. Okay. In, in the next 10 years, 
this is going to be the way the high status, high level guys who are really smart just take over. I don't even know if I can give on this podcast because this is something I'm telling you right now. Guys paid three thousand dollars to come out to our boot camp last month where we invented this this concept. And I'm still last month. Working. This is a recent development. Oh, this is Brandon. This is brand spanking new. I've I've talked to briefly with Brandon before in the past. I've only shared it one time. Uh, with those paying students. So this is big. I'm going to drop it with you guys. Give it to us here. Give it to the listeners, guys. Only at the It's Not Polite to Ask podcast do we have this kind of content. Jarrett, what do you got for us? Paid ads. And when I'm going to say this, you guys, Brandon already laughed at me. I know you might start laughing at me about this stuff. Just as I want to remind you guys, just like you did with online dating, when everyone's like, only losers do online dating. It's all about code approach. This is the next thing, and I'll break down why. Guys who understand how to run paid ads to girls' Instagrams are going to destroy the dating market. Paid ads to girls on Instagram. Wait, what, what do you mean by that, Jared? All right. So here's how this works. You're on, you're on Instagram and you're scrolling through and every now and then you're going to see a paid ad. You're going to see something that's sponsored, right? Maybe you want a sock. Maybe it's a shirt. Maybe it's this podcast. Once, you know, paid ads going through this podcast. You know, who knows, right? Now, traditionally, this is for companies, right? However, guys are going to learn really, really quickly that it's not that expensive. You could be running paid ads for maybe $100 to $300 a month, and you can target women in your city, in your area, of a certain age range who have certain viewing behaviors. Like, you, do you understand how like Instagram and Facebook track everything you do, and it's almost creepy that it knows so much about you? Oh, it's terrifying. It, because it does. But... That's not just used for business. That can be used to find the exact ideal type of girl you want. Now, here's where it gets interesting. If your ad has real good humor value to the point where women are like, this is hysterical. Here's a guy who's showcasing uh, you know, himself of like, date me women, right? Like, date me. In fact, I'll give you an organic version of this. There was a guy who had a billboard up. He made a billboard saying, women, date me. And he went on the local news. It went viral in the city. They were like, this is hysterical. And every and he got an insane amount of, of phone calls. Think of Barney Stinson and How I Met Your Mother when he put that ad of like, here's my number. I'm on a Super Bowl, right? So now you're running ads to these girls. It's, it's a virtual billboard where they're seeing your landing page. They're seeing the humor element. If you're smart, you know how to make it funny. They're sharing it among their friends. So guess what happens? Only the men are going to see it. Women are going to recognize you as a local celebrity. They're going to see you and be like, you're the guy from the ad. I see you on my Instagram. They, you can have them fill out an application. You can have them fill out an application in order to date you. In fact, I did this. And Brandon, what happened that night? It's actually kind of insane. He had a few girls fill out applications to date him, and he actually got like a real date from it. Stop, stop. You <laughs> People filled out applications to go on a date with you like it's a job interview based on, and you ran an ad? You actually ran an ad on one of these meetings. No, this was organic. I, this was just one I posted up on a story on my Instagram story. I didn't even run an ad. This was just a story, a thing I put up, and from the small window of girls I know, if you run an ad, you are going to be getting hundreds and hundreds of your ideal type of girl finding applications, filling it out. And more than that, they will see you out. If you're a socialite, like I know you are, Albert, they're going to see you and you are going to be seen as the funniest local celebrity. Oh my God, I have to meet you. You're the guy from the ad. So this is, this is a guerrilla marketing strategy that you think 
not only is it going to be super effective, but you think it's going to be like this is going to become popularized. Like a lot of people, because because smart here, people, it's going to right. it's going to start trending. People are going to catch on, and then they're going to want to copy. Right. Well, and it's obviously weeding out people that aren't financially successful, and also people that have the balls to do it. Because there's a there's an embarrassment. Like the first people doing this, I feel like are going to be like when online dating online dating started, and people were embarrassed to admit that they met online. It used to be like if anybody asked, we met in like this place, right? Where exactly. now it's the first people that do this. They're risking embarrassment. They're risking people screenshotting and being like, look what Jared's doing. But That's then- how people felt when Tinder came out. It's right. exactly, right. this is the next. Well, it's like, yeah, it's like a social media version of The Bachelor where it's like people say that, you know, The Bachelor is terrible TV, but everybody's tuning in to view it. At the end of the day, though, as a guy, I'm not sure how effective it's going to be for women. But as a man doing this, you can always cut back to the, hey, it's fucking hysterical. This is fun. Uh, it started as a joke, but then I got so many applications. It became amazing. Like, you could say whatever the hell you want about it. At the end of the day, this isn't even dating science. This is entrepreneur science. As a man in the dating scene, you are walking around in cold approach doing door-to-door sales. It is an ineffective way of meeting a mass amounts of women and getting your marketing out there. You can become very good. You can be very good at sales and convince women that you're an attractive guy, but you're still walking around. Well, I'm just going to dual purpose it. I'm going to put, let me build your house or take you to dinner. Well, guys, we, we've gotten some pretty good content so far. I think this has been uh, some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I did ask before the program today if, via our social media page uh, if any of our listeners had any questions for Jarrett, Brandon, and myself. Guys, we did receive a couple questions, so let's get right into them. Our first question comes from a listener in Minnesota. He writes, can you be considered a couple if you are blocked on social media, meaning your partner can go to dinner and post pictures, but you are blocked? Can you still be considered a couple even though you're blocking each other? I think yes, but it's a couple of nut jobs. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, so you think that's that's an unhealthy, that's like not sustainable? Yeah, I know we were talking about uh, Taco Bell being unhealthy. This might take the cake. Jarrett, your thoughts? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go on record being like, if if a girl's blocking from her social media, I don't know in what world do you think that you are a couple or you have anything going on with her. There is that is the number one shadiest thing I think can go down there. Yeah, like what's she doing? She advertising her OnlyFans, but he's blocked. <laughs> this is a rare one for me. I was I was curious when I received this one to see what YouTube. Uh, the guys would say about this. I personally, my opinion is that's a sign of distrust. It signs like they're not they're They just, that cannot be healthy. Follow up question from our listener in Minnesota was, can you have friends that your partner never even meets? This is the subsequent question to that. So, so how private basically can, can you uh, live within a relationship and it still be okay? If the question is, can I date a girl and make her my partner and until the day we, I die, have people in my life that I would never want to show or never introduce her to, then I would say she's not the right partner for you. The whole idea of a relationship is the concept of sharing a life together. One life, two people. That's the ultimate idea of a meaningful, amazing relationship. And I think the just asking that question goes into a more fundamental um inner game issue of he's ashamed by whatever people he doesn't want his partner to meet. He feels it's unacceptable. And I think that's what he's trying to hide from himself and from whoever he's going to be dating. Uh, moving on. We have another question came here from uh, Miami, Florida here, a local question. And I will read this question verbatim. He writes, 
When should you show your weird side? Porn, sports fanatic, Seinfeld obsession. I just love that Seinfeld obsession is ranked up there with porn. Like the dirty boy. I know uh, Brandon just jumped out of his seat a little bit. He's like, first date. Ideally, you're not binge watching both of those, but yeah. Maybe a little back and forth, a little Seinfeld, a little porn action. You know, like get really weird with it. Yeah, I mean, both are exciting. Very, very different. But Jared, no, uh, in, all, right. all joking aside, w- when do you think it's okay into a relationship to have some of the more intimate details of your desires, fantasies, whatever? W- at what point should you start showing all your cards? So, to speak? so here's a thing I'm really big on, not even in relationships, but in the courtship phase as well, when you're actually talking to a girl. And that is the idea of testing, seating, testing, none of this stuff should be, I'm going all in, cannonball method. Let me just like, hey, here's my porn collection. What do you think? Right? <laughs> Brandon, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, stop, Brandon. It's enough. So what they should be doing at all times is basically like bring up this. In fact, okay, this actually just happened. This is funny enough. So a girl is showing me her phone. She showed me her phone on on like Safari or whatever. And guess what the most frequently searched thing was right there in the bottom? I'm going to go with not Seinfeld. Not Seinfeld is correct. Does it rhyme with Smornsmub? <laughs> no, Anna. no, she's classy. It was X videos. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so that means that she's broke. Yeah. Oh, come on. Let's not hate on X videos. I... So that was her most frequently watched thing. What, what was your reaction? To be fair, did you comment on? Was... Did you comment on it? Oh, I saw it immediately. I saw it immediately, and I was able to tease her a little bit. I'm like, oh, we have we have the same taste, huh? Because I know she watches. Was she 50 years old and had never heard of private browsing, or? So so. This opened the door. Did it weird you out or did, it, did you feel pretty good about oh, it? Oh, I felt great because I, I, I look at that side also. So I'm like, amazing. This is a connection that we can have. So I asked him, like, what's your favorite search? Well, first, I tease a little bit on it. I'm like, so, uh, X videos, huh? And she blushes. She gets, you know, whatever. I'm like, hey, it's okay. I'm a viewer. It's good. I got a better one for you. It's called Uges or, you know, whatever, right? <laughs> and, and you're you know, giving her uh, porn site Yelp reviews. I yeah. See, I see. Okay, and cool. now it opened up the topic, which then is like, all right, what are you search for? What is, would you put in a search bar? And she goes, well, it's about how hot the girl is. Show me. Let, next thing I know, she's showing me her favorite porn. And this is on the first date and it sexualizes everything. Now, do I suggest talking about porn and looking at porn tits on the first date? Absolutely not. But what, I, what I'm saying is you're always testing the waters and bringing it up. So before you talk to a girl about, here's my porn collection and what I like with porn stuff, you should be talking about sex and then sex positions. And then what is she into? What is her sexual fantasies? Does she ever watch those fantasies on porn? One thing should gradually to another. And if you get resistance, you know, red flag, that should tell you, like, don't push the topic. Yeah, I'm curious if uh, our uh, listener was talking more about, like, his wanting to watch porn or if he's trying to, like, gauge when to bring up watching porn together. Because that goes into more of what Jared's talking about, like, shared sexual fantasies and things like that. And the Seinfeld thing. Like, don't just be like, I watch Seinfeld every day for two hours a day. You should maybe just bring up a conversation. Hey, do you have any favorite stand-up comedians? I like stand-up comedy. And she'll say whatever. And then you go, I like Seinfeld. Have you heard of Seinfeld? You bring it up bit by bit. Yeah, so I mean this brings us back to what Albert had talked about in a previous episode where he lists kind of his flaws uh, right off the bat. Like first date of like, hey, these are the things that I'm not so great at that are probably not going to change. Instead of being like, I'm absolutely obsessed with Seinfeld and I can't stop watching it, just be like – oh, I tend to you know, binge watch TV shows on the weekends or something like that. Yeah, and Brandon, I, I think that that's, that's a fantastic uh, example and it's something I was about to chime in myself because I think 
what what it, what our, our listener was saying is at what point does he turn off the I'm on and I'm trying to like showcase that I'm this like whatever super knight in shining armor, whatever he thinks the girl wants. And at one point does he show the real him? And I think that's I think that's the heart of the question is I think from my approach and my success, Jared, I think when I when I open with the worst stuff or like the Seinfeld obsession yep. type stuff. I get better connections because this girl knows what she's getting into. She's not dating some weird version of me for three months and then figures out that I like love stand up and love live music, and love all these like weird nuanced karaoke type things, right? You know what I'm saying? I think my my uh, releasing of weird stuff kind of depends on how into the girl I am. Like if it's just clearly like not a connection, it's a casual thing. Like I'll definitely go with more of like the lip service route, and I'm not going to get into my subtle nuances because it's not worth it. I know that this person's not going to be in my life. But at this point, being 30, like, if I really like somebody, I'm going to let on some of these details a little bit faster, I think. Anyone who's staying in my life continuously is going to learn, obviously, more and more about me. That I'm a nerd. That, like, Star Wars. That I played Magic the Gathering back in the day. We got it. Nerd. That I like, you know, Harry Potter. You know, Lord of the Rings. So, Nerd. You know, that, that I'm not the most athletically gifted. So, so virgin late in life? Yes, yeah, basically. <laughs> so the point is, I'm not going to hide these things. It's just going to come out gradually through testing. You need to see where the girl is at. Another way of putting that, again, is what I was saying before, is your sexuality. Like, I think everybody in this room is unapologetically sexual when it comes to women. But at the same time, we're not sexual right off the bat that makes them uncomfortable. And I actually break this down for my students. I go, there are five vibes that you go through. Number one, comfort. Number two, playful. Number three, flirty. Number four, connecting. Number five, sexual. And then a question they always get back is, well, how do we know when to go to the next vibe? And the answer is when she mirrors the one you're on. What I mean by that, if I'm doing a comfort vibe with a girl and she's comfortable with me, I'll go playful. If she starts being playful back with me, I'll go flirty. If she doesn't be playful with me, I'll go back to comfort. And so I'm testing the next vibe and doing little things to move it up the ladder. Same thing with relationships while showing aside yourself that might be a little more risky. I got to tell you, Jared, of all the stuff and little tidbits <clears throat> I've heard you give over the years, that's got to be one of my favorite ones because I think that um, something that people don't understand is when you, when you're in the kind of work that you're in, which is helping people improve themselves and help people get better. I think that's the biggest factor that's missing with guys is they, they're not properly socially calibrated, meaning they do moves or they try to make, you know, is it the right time for this when it's not the right time for it? And what you just described, meaning is basically you're teaching awareness, right? You're teaching social aptitude and the ability to understand where the other person is emotionally and mentally before you take a more aggressive or less aggressive step. I love that. I think that's actually brilliant, man. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not a one size. That's the problem with the old pickup methodologies and, and ways of doing things is it was a one-size-fits-all approach. It just believed all women like this, all women want this, say this to all women, and it'll work. And the same problem with uh, these infield footage I see guys do um, you know, on YouTube or whatever, where it's like, here's me picking up a girl. Now, just do exactly what you saw me do. 
you know, even though you don't look like me, we're in a totally different culture, different area. Uh, the girl you're talking to is nothing like the girl I was talking to. The place you're meeting her is completely different than the place I'm meeting her. Her state of mind and emotional state is completely different. It's co- cookie, like, cut, cookie cutter social skills, which aren't going to work. Oh, yeah. It's like watching the X Games and thinking that you can jump on a skateboard. Like that person has years of experience and years of training and knows exactly what they're doing to get to that point. Guys, this is, you know, I got to tell you, Jared, I was excited to have you. I'm hoping our listeners are going to enjoy this as much as Brandon and myself are. Um, You know, this has been fun. We want to do, you know, we covered a lot of online dating specific topics. Jared, I think we're going to have to ask you back at another time to maybe cover some more things in terms of um, in-person dating. And now that, you know, the pandemic is hopefully starting to get behind us as things start to open up, there's going to be more opportunities there. So, Jared, we'd love to have you join us in the future. For sure. And uh, again, if you could let our listeners know uh, where they can find you, find your services, uh, learn more about you. Absolutely. So the easiest, easiest way to contact me, reach out to me is my Facebook or my Instagram, Jared Psych Lawrence, J-A-R-E-D, Psych, like psychology, P-S-Y-C-H, Lawrence with a U, L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E, Jared Psych Lawrence. You can also email me, psych at modernflirting.com. And I'm more than happy to answer any of your questions. In fact, I'll tell you what, just because I love Albert so much. If anybody messages me and you just comment or say it's not polite to ask, you will receive a free copy of my book, The Psychology of Modern Flirting. You get it for free just for being a listener. You can get the audio version or the uh, PDF. Jared, you've been awesome. This has been so much fun. I'm sure our listeners are really going to get a kick out of this episode. Until the next time, for my interim co-host, Brandon Shaw, for our first ever guest, Mr. Jared Psych-Lawrence, I am your host, Albert Destrada, and this has been It's Not Polite to Ask.